0: Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. yeah, only let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, all the three is going in your eye. If you miss, you better get back, cause if the bees there won't be a put back. Keep all that trash out of the paint, cause the will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to Embiid. Good evening, everybody. This is the feed to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell. The playoffs are set. We know who we're playing. The Sixers. They clinched the three seed a couple nights ago after the Celtics lost to the Magic. And they were waiting for their opponent to be finalized in the in, in this upcoming in this uh this week that we are in right now. And it was either going to be the Pistons, the Magic, or the Nets, and as as things progressed and as and as games finalized, the the path became clear. This the Nets would get the six seed, the Magic would get the seven seed, and the Pistons would get the eight seed. So the Sixers will be playing a Subway Series with the Nets. They will have to go to Brooklyn three times at most, and the Nets will have to come to Philadelphia four times at most. They will have to come to Philly at least twice, and the Sixers will have to go to Brooklyn at least twice. Now, I thought this episode would be best served giving a breakdown and a preview to the series. As you all know, the Sixers played the Nets four times this season because they are divisional rivals, so therefore they do see them four times in a season. First game, the Nets won handily, 122-97. Then very next week, the Sixers acquired Jimmy Butler, so it was a different roster. A couple of days later, Jimmy Butler makes a game-winning three-pointer to give the Sixers a win in Brooklyn and tie the season series 1-1. Fast forward a couple weeks later, the Nets win it in Philly 127-124 to after behind a career night from Spencer Dinwiddie. And then all the way forward to a, a couple weeks ago, the Sixers took care of business in Philly, winning by 13. So, here we are. A season series split 2-2, and... Some are worried some are worried about this about this matchup. me I could see why you'd be worried. Am I personally worried? no I'm not. Why is that? well in the NBA and unlike college where it's a one game it's a one game playoff the winner advances and the loser uh, succumbs and, and goes home a lot of upsets can happen in college in the NBA it is super rare to see a, 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 an underdog upset a heavily favored uh, competitor in a seven-game series. The last one was the Sixers, believe it or not, against the Bulls. However, Derrick Rose tore his ACL in the first game. The reigning MVP, done, in the first game. So, I, and and this happens because talent wins out in the playoffs. Talent wins out in the NBA. So, when all is said and done, although the the Nets have been a pain in the Sixers' backsides this season, the Sixers have the more talented roster. And that's what it's going to come down to. But, nonetheless, we do the preview because I want to educate you and and inform you of what you might not know already coming into the series. The Nets have a couple of notable players, D'Angelo Russell. A candidate for Most Improved Player, he was a first-time All-Star this season, albeit due to an injury uh, replacement. He averages 21 points a game, 7 assists, and 4 rebounds. Next up, a Sixth Man of the Year candidate, Spencer Dinwiddie, another guard was paid handsomely in the middle of the season for an extension after being bounced around in the league, most of the Pistons, before arriving in Brooklyn. He averaged 17 points, 4.6 assists, and 2.5 rebounds. Next up, an all-star candidate before what looked like a devastating uh, dislocated ankle injury. He missed, a, lot, missed a, a handful of an extended period of time earlier in the season, came back later. Karis LeVert. He was on a, a, on a tear before the injury happened. He finished the season ultimately averaging 14 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Not quite sure if he found his footing. No pun intended yet. Um, but we, we shall see come playoff time. You know the Sixers. They have a couple notable players. Uh, their entire starting five is pretty notable. Um, Joel Embiid, 27.5 points a game, 13.6 rebounds, two blocks. In my book, he's certainly a top three MVP candidate. Others don't agree, but that's okay. Ben Simmons, n- on uh, close triple double, but not exactly there. 17 points on the season, nine rebounds, eight assists. Tobias Harris acquired in the Clippers deal midway through the season to bolster the starting uh, lineup and have that that uh, secondary wing score that the Sixers clearly lacked, averaging 18 points and 8 rebounds a game. He was one of the most efficient shooters in the NBA. for uh, Before the trade, I think he was ahead a of Steph Curry in terms of 3-point percentage Uh, like close to like the upper 40s I believe and then he's dropped off since the trade but it evens out to ultimately I think around 40% for the year but the team that he played the bulk of his games with the Clippers he was outstanding shooting the ball. Jimmy Butler acquired obviously in the Robert Covington Dario Scharitz trade he averaged 18 points 5 rebounds 4 assists 2 steals this season. Finally we come to the 5th starter J.J. Redick arguably The second or third most important player on the team due to what he brings to the offense. 18 points a game and 40% three-point percentage. So although his only status is is scoring, he's the shooter. He's the one that makes the offense run. We all know that. Now let's dive into the the biggest strengths of each each team. The Nets. um, I did a lot of digging on this, a lot of research. And the Nets, they are very... Good uh, team in terms of their size and athleticism. Damari Carroll's very, uh, has size. Jared Allen, very good. Uh, athletic Big has, has good size. Rondae Hollis Jefferson. As a result, the Nets' biggest strengths first offensive rebound percentage 28.2%, eight, which is eighth best in the NBA. What this means is they managed to pick up an offensive rebound on a little better than a quarter of the time that a rebound comes out. So, on every four shots, they're getting at they're, they're getting a little more than one offensive rebound per four possessions, if that makes sense. Then off of that rebounding overall, 46.6 rebounds per game, seventh best in the NBA. If you go through a dry spell, they will capitalize, they will get rebounds and they will come down and hold you to one shot, and then score on their own. That's how they've won games this year. As an under-talented team, I would say, but a 40-win team nonetheless. Or a 42-win team nonetheless, I should say. Moving on to the Sixers. They have a couple of, uh, of strengths. First, points. 115 points a game, seventh best in the NBA. They will put it on you. They will, if, if you leave them open, if you have defensive breakdowns, they will make you pay, and they will make it poor. Rebounding. If you felt the, if I, if I told you that the Nets were a good rebounding team, you ought to see the Sixers. Sixers average forty-seven point eight points uh, rebounds a game. I should say, fourth best in the league, thanks to in large part Joel Embiid, who averages thirteen point six, as I said earlier. Finally, interesting stat: the Sixers will also hurt teams in personal fouls drawn. Sixers average twenty-two fouls drawn per game. Fifth best in the NBA, so they know how to create contact. They're going to make you foul them, and they're going to get you in foul trouble, get you in the bonus early, and get their points at the free-throw line. It's up to them to convert it. Ben Simmons, obviously not a great free-throw shooter, but uh, Embiid above 80%. Butler above 80%. Harris above 80%. J.J. above 90%. Biggest weaknesses, Nets. As as, as, as As a fun and talented team as they are, they do go through dry spells where they fail to put the ball in the basket. It's, it's to be expected. They have nice pieces, but they're not supremely talented. They shoot the ball at a little below 45 percent, fifth worst in the NBA. If they miss shots, if they if they have bad shooting games, they're gonna be they're, that's probably gonna be a loss for them. The Sixers are probably gonna gonna um, you know lock it down and they're gonna execute and they're gonna build up leads. Next for them turnovers 15.1 turnovers per game fourth worst in the NBA they're gonna turn the ball over a lot it's up to the sixers to capitalize on those turnovers make them uh, make, make them you know use their possessions inefficiently don't get you know, don't, if, it, if you can limit the number number of shots that they can actually get you're gonna do yourself a big favor because you're going, not going to be efficient with their possession usage calm down make your own shots build that lead up make them make them make mistakes and give you presents. Finally, for the Nets, opponents' second chance points, 14.4 second chance points for opponents per game, fourth worst in the NBA. What this means is, the Sixers will be able to get offensive rebounds. They'll be able to, to, if they miss a shot, it's a good chance that they can actually get the offensive rebound and then take advantage of it and, and and score again. The Nets don't particularly hold opponents to one shot very well, and when they don't, they typically give up. Uh, um, points off of those secondhand opportunities, so it's up to the Sixers to create offensive rebounds and then use them to their advantage and create points on possessions that might may not have been scored on otherwise. The Sixers' biggest weakness: turnovers, 14.9 a game, fifth worst in the NBA. Ben Simmons obviously is is, is a huge uh, spark plug for this, averaging better than three turnovers per contest with uh, with r- close to thirty. Uh, because the 40 minutes played per game, he's going to turn the ball over. Sixers are a team that they're not cohesive yet. They've, their current starting lineup has played all of 10 games together. They are not, they, they don't know each other that well in terms of players. They, 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 sometimes they miss passes. They cut when other guys are passing. And turn, they turn the rock, rock over a lot. It's up to them to take care of the ball and limit those turnovers and make the most out of their possession. Finally, for the Sixers, defensive rating. As we've seen over the last couple of weeks, their defense has been very disappointing. Um, they've they've blown games because of their defense. They've given up leads because of their defense. Um, a lot of it's because Embiid's missed time to we'll say it, we'll, we'll call it uh, load management. Although we all know what that means, it's that it's they they pretty much they knew they were going to be a high seed um, early in February, so they were they wanted to give Embiid time off to nurse a sore knee. Um, you know, get himself. Ready to go for the playoffs, and so the defense, their defense suffered for it. But it was it got to a point where it was so bad that you had to question how much of it was them just you know not trying or MB not being there versus okay this is an actual problem. Their defense the defensive rating was one hundred eight point nine, just average in the NBA. They need to be top ten as a playoff team. They need to. Um, scouting report: the Nets. D'Angelo Russell, their primary ball handler, their star, is going to turn the ball over. If you pressure him, you double him, he will turn the ball over, averaging 3.2 turnovers per game. Jared Allen, athleticism. This is going to hurt the Sixers in terms of their pick-and-roll rim coverage. They're going to be able to stop it from? the alley-oop passes to Jared Allen for, uh, for, for easy dunks. I'm not sure how many post moves Jared Allen has, but he is known to set a screen, roll hard, and finish dung at the rim. Finally, the the, the the Nets guards get hot fast. Um, D- Russell and Dimwitty averaged 44.75 points against the Sixers this season. They know how to... The, when they get comfortable, they score. Um, what to watch for? The Nets, as I just said. Russell... And Dimwitty averaged together to forty-four and, uh, and three-quarters points against Sixers this season. Dimwitty had a career-high thirty-nine. Uh, Russell had thirty-eight against Sixers. They, if you get, if you give them space, if you let them get hot and make shots, they're going to be a problem. Next, the Nets three-point shooting against Sixers. It was they shot thirty-eight point nine percent on threes this season. The Sixers gave up open looks to them, and Nets made them pay. But a lot of it was coverage of the pick and roll, pick and pop. A lot of it was fast break shooting. A lot of it was getting over screens and letting guys like Joe Harris burn them. For the Sixers, it's cohesion of the starters. Can they figure out a role for Tobias Harris? Can he can he finally feel comfortable during the series? Can he find his his, his his? Can it click for him? Um, will the defense be on the same page? Will they start to understand each other better as players and really take off? Next, off of that, with that lack of chemistry and cohesion so far, that leads to defensive miscues. Will they mess up switches? Will they switch one other one, one, one switch while the other drops back, and then suddenly it's a wide open jump shot? Will they be leaving that open because of because of communication errors and giving up wide open jumpers? Communication over screens, switching, uh, doubling, um, staying over. Will they will they give up a direct line drive from the basket by guards? Uh, mismatches. Will they allow guys like JJ Redick to get switched onto and then taken down to the post and then have them get abused late in games? Finally, help. Will they, will they know where to drop to? Will they know when to drop? Will they know how to help their brothers on the court when a guy gets hot or when there's a mismatch and they come over and play good help defense? Will they recover from help and get back to the shooter if, if, if it's a skip pass across the court? Another one for them. Will they play down in the competition? Will they say, oh, we can win this. We're not going to respect the Nets. They've been doing that a lot lately. Will they do that and blow a game or two and then suddenly put some pressure on themselves? Um, Or will they say, you know what, we have pride. We know who we are. Let's go ahead and take care of business, do our jobs, and come out rolling and blow the Nets off the court. Most concerning for me in terms of what to watch for for the Sixers, pick and roll defense. The Sixers pick and roll defense in general has been garbage this year. It's a net that's been really, it's been really uh, concerning. And that's with their ability to shoot with, with their guards in terms of um, Dimwitty and, and Russell. Um, you know, they 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 have Harris. Uh, sorry, they have a- Allen set high screens and then just dive. They'll lob it. They'll pull up for two point jumpers. They'll they'll, they'll pop out for threes um, against guys like Boban Marjanovic or Greg Monroe. Or Amir Johnson, or whoever the Sixers might have, and in at in, in, in the five, they're going to look to find Jared Allen over the top for a dunk. So, how do they defend that pick and roll? Well, do they switch it? Do they hard hedge? Do they soft hedge? Do they um, do, do they do they just fight through it? Do they do they uh, double over the screen and then have a guy come over from the weak side and, and help as the big crashes and risk getting up a three? I don't know. That's for that's for them to figure out. But how do they do defend the pick and roll better? Ultimately, my biggest concern outside of that, the bench. The bench does not score. They average, I think, around 30 points a game on the season, maybe a little higher than that, do the Sixers. Meanwhile, Spencer Dinwiddie, who averages four, 17 points a game, is their sixth man. So they're, so one guy on, on, on the Nets is able to almost... Uh, Half can can provide um, half of the Sixers bench bench points by himself and then some. And then you have the rest of the the Nets bench. So how do the Sixers bench sort of hold their own against the Nets bench? That's a big issue. That remains to be seen. Ultimately I do think that the talent wins out in the end and the Sixers, if I had to guess, I would say the Sixers win this game win, win the series in five I would think it's uh, 2-0 in Philly and then 1-1 in Brooklyn. Go back to Philly, win it there in Game 5. We will be providing post-game coverage of all playoff games this spring, um, and we look forward to, the, to, to this awesome time late in the season. This is always where... I get most excited about about the team. I'm always very excited about their wins and and very upset about their losses. But this is where my attention really gets gets Sixers, um, you know, Sixers mania is where this is when it enters my mind. So we'll be back following game one. I believe it'll be Saturday. If not that, then definitely Sunday. We'll be back after game one. Post game coverage, as always, thank you for tuning in. And I think it calls for a beer to celebrate the playoffs. And what way to celebrate um, the playoffs with a beer? With the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes a perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co and Cobra is spelled with a K for a 10% discount on all products. Enter the, co- enter the code, trust the Cobra 10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The Feed to embed and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright The Feed to embed 2019. As always, thank you for tuning in to The Feed to embed. I am Austin Crowley. You can find me on Twitter capital A, capital K, acrell underscore sports. We'll be back here providing you with post-game coverage following hopefully a win in game one. As always, be safe, have a great night, and thank you for tuning in.